The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery. Here's Reverend Dan Beckett. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery podcast. We're glad you're with us today. I'm Reverend Dan Beckett here with co-host Reverend Michelle Vargas. Together, we share ways that spirituality and addiction recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth in your own recovery journey. We're basically a couple of recovery nerds and ordained unity ministers sharing our experience, strength, and hope on this spiritual journey of addiction recovery. We hope that something you hear today will be helpful to you on your own recovery journey. We invite your questions, comments, wisdom, and feedback anytime. Just send an email to spiritofrecoveryunity at gmail.com. Facebook users, you can message us from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Just click the send message button right below the banner. And please help us carry the message by following and subscribing to Spirit of Recovery on your favorite podcast platform. Today's episode is titled Finding Peace Through Faith. In early recovery, the prospect of living a life filled with peace and joy may appear distant and unattainable. However, there is a path to such a life. The journey begins with disentangling ourselves from the chaos of a life without direction by placing our trust in a higher power. And in doing so, we begin to unlock the gateway to sanity and hope. Today, we want to share our experience, strength, and hope on creating a life of genuine peace and joy by coming to believe in a higher power. Yes, I'm looking at that part where it says the journey begins with disentangling ourselves from the chaos of a life without direction. Now, before I came into the program, I certainly didn't think that my life was without direction. I mean, I had a lot of like exterior direction, you know, I was... um, Let's see, when I got sober, I was just finishing up graduate school. I was working to become a teacher. And so I had all of that sort of direction. What I didn't have was any spiritual direction. And it's hard to believe that I, you know, today, looking back, it's hard for me to believe that I had a life that had no spirituality in it. Obviously, I'm a minister now. Spirituality is pretty much the center of my life. So um, no wonder I felt, you know, a little weird. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So coming to believe in a higher power was absolutely the turning point in my life where Um, my life made a complete 180, total U-turn, and began to go in a completely different direction. And um, everything that has followed, you know, came from that. That was the turning point, was going from I'm all alone in the universe to I am part of something greater. There's a higher power that is um, all loving, 
all present, all knowing, um, all forgiving, all grace. And uh, that completely changed my life. I, did you have a similar experience? I did. I, I really had no sense of undirectedness. And that, that perspective only came later, you know, after I had uh, begun to get sober and been sober for a while. And the more time that passes and the more I put the work in uh, to the program into our, you know, spiritual growth, working the steps, et cetera, then, then it became, begin to become clear how undirected I was before. Now I know before my life, not unlike you, it, it, I was accomplishing plenty. I mean, it looked right. <laughs> great from the outside and, yeah. you know, seemingly all was uh, successful. And there were many things that were, you know, going well, great marriage, great family, still have those things, had great work, still have the same work. So it's not like um, there was anything wrong with the external pieces. The The trouble, of course, was internal. And then with my uh, addiction that sort of grew and grew over time until it completely took over. So I remember at that time, you know, leading up to getting in the program and still early in, I always felt like whatever I needed, I had to do it myself. You know, it was just like, yes. leave me alone. I'll take care of it because for whatever reason I had learned earlier in my life that it was better just to keep things to myself and to try and deal with anything that came up by myself. I didn't know how disconnected I was. Right. I mean, from other people, that that's one thing that I lacked. And of course, how do you detect the lack of something? Right. You don't know uh, it until right. you have it. So my attempts to, you know, feel better and about life were all about doing or getting you know, a, a nicer car or, or whatever. And there's nothing right. wrong with that. It works best when it's built on a basis of faith in a higher power and built on recovery principles and on, of course, for you and I, unity spiritual principles, which are closely related. So yeah. it's a lot of doing and not a lot of being, right? The joke we're yeah, doing, yeah, yeah. we do a lot of doing. So slow, slowly unwinding that and becoming more of a, a, a human being and less of a human doing over time. Yeah, I totally relate to that. I was very, like I said, outwardly, you know, motivated, driven, um, a lot of achievement, accolades, kind of, that's where I derived my sense of meaning. But I remember being plagued with a sort of sense of meaningless, like meaning meaninglessness like what is it all for kind of you know existential kind of crisis kind of thing like okay I'm doing all this stuff but what does this all mean what am I you know I, I can't say that I ever articulated the thought what am I here for but I had I was plagued by this worry that none of this meant anything I probably should not have been reading Jean-Paul Sartre in high school because <laughs> <laughs> that's what started the whole mess. Nothing means anything. It's all, you know, and I thought that stuff was great. I was like, yes, existentialism, you know, of course I was, you know, in my twenties. So that's kind of, you know, the, the young person kind of angst. Um, but I, I did have that sense of, you know, what is what is this all what am I doing what am I it's hard to describe like you I didn't know that I didn't have it until I had something different and then it was like oh that's what's been missing you know and the other thing is um you know so human life is a trip <laughs> it's a 
trip. <clears throat> it can be very lonely and very frightening. There's a lot of really scary things that go on in our world. There's also a lot of really wonderful, amazing things that happen, but there's a lot of scary things. And so I remember being very fear-based and, um, having a sense of aloneness of sort of me against the world and definitely not having any worldview or cosmic view that there was a compassionate loving universe that had my best interests at heart. Like I never had that concept at all. And the way that that manifested was <clears throat> a severe fear of the dark. I was afraid of the dark. I was afraid to be alone in a house or building by myself. Um, even sometimes afraid in my tiny apartment. And I, I probably watched too many crime shows and stuff, but it was more, and I choose not to fill my head with that stuff now, but even if I watched it now, it wouldn't have the same effect on me because I had no sense that there was any loving presence. I just, it was just me and whatever scary things were in the dark. Do you know what I'm saying? And yeah. so <clears throat> I remember that shift and I learned that in the 12 step program. And then it was very reinforced because I shortly after I got sober, got into unity. And so that was all reinforced that, that there is a loving presence in the universe, that the universe in some way that we don't understand is conspiring with me or, or can, I can cooperate with it's, it's conspiring with me. Um, and that's a choice, you know, it's a choice to believe that. I have no proof that that's true, except that I've been living that way for almost 30 years now, and it's worked really, really well. Like, it's a lot better way to live, to believe that there's a loving presence in the universe that has my best interests at heart in a way that I don't understand. That doesn't mean that everything that happens in my life is the way I want it to or anything like that. But it, it's a sense that it all has meaning, that it's all going somewhere good. Do you know what I mean? Whereas before, it was kind of just like, you know, I don't know what this all means. I don't know where it's all going. I just that that sense of just meaninglessness. Do you know what I mean? I do. And a couple of things that I heard early on that really stuck with me and and kind of jolted my worldview. And one of them was along the lines of what you're saying. And the, the statement from a spiritual teacher was, "The universe conspires to support me." Yes. And I thought, what a great way to look at it. <laughs> I mean, why not? And and you say, you know, about being able to prove it's true or not. And I'm I'm with you on it. That that's really to me, that has nothing to do with it. I have come to understand that you know the human mind, my mind, our minds are meaning making machines. Yes. And so we might say, oh well, you know, you can't prove that, or it doesn't mean hey, you're making that up too. Right. Right. So I figured if I'm going to be making crap up all the time, I'm going to make up good stuff. Right. And not bad stuff. And that completely changed my life. Right. There is this sense of, you know, you find what you're looking for. Yep. You know, ask and you shall receive. You run around thinking everything's terrible and everything's going to get worse than very likely to find exactly that. But yeah. when I lived my life as if the universe uh, conspired to support me and there was good in everything and all I had to do was keep my eyes open and look for it, then mm -hmm. that's exactly what I found. And that's a way better way to live, as you it were saying. It so way is. Better. And it works, too. Another thing that I heard that was super helpful, and, and I'm thinking about this, is that, you know, that transition from living sort of a self-centered or self-directed life to 
one that includes a higher power in a much broader context. And I've heard many people say this in the in the recovery rooms, and that is that I had a God-shaped hole right yes. in the center of me. And the reason that that is said, and I affirm it, is that that is what was missing from my life and from yes. my life experience was some sense of a higher power. And again, yep. it doesn't mean that I that it's whatever this church or that church is saying or this right. um, religion or that religion. <clears throat> It's a it's a matter of uh, personal discovery, and a path of discovery, and that's what's wonderful and amazing about it, and the fact that you can literally begin with anything. I mean, it's all, there's a, there's a sort of a a joke, but it's kind of true, and it, it's almost a cliche that you know if if you want to make the doorknob your higher power, do that. Why? Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. Why would you do that? Because it's something. It's yeah. the right start it's a good way to get a foot you know moving in the right direction on this on this path so yeah that was my experience as well as realizing there was this god-shaped hole and then finding through through unity churches um the the path of discovery rather than being asked to you know nod my head in assent to what right. someone else was telling me about how this is it was more here are some broad principles go find out for yourself what this is like yes if you do it and that really are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24 through 26. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. I'm so glad you said that because I haven't heard that for a while. And, um, you know, our movement is in a perpetual state of sort of disagreeing about various things. And so I had forgotten, I've been sort of caught up in that controversy that's going on. And I had forgotten one of the main things that drew me to unity in the first place was very early on, I heard the truth is within you you find what it is for you. God is within you. You know, you figure out what God is to you. And when we get into trouble is when we start trying to tell someone else what their God should be, because right. I firmly believe that we each have a very different experience of God, just because we are different beings. We have different personalities, different um, past life experiences. And so you know, the infinite, the divine shows up in various different ways for each of us. And even in my own life, God shows up in different ways at different times and has, you know, as my consciousness evolves, it's almost like God is so vast that we just open this tiny little crack. I mean, we're like looking, you know what I'm saying? Like we are like looking through a crack in a fence at God, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so, um, depending on where I'm looking, that's going to look different. But I, I try to remember that I'm always looking through a crack. I'm never seeing the fullness of God. So whichever crack I'm looking through in whichever direction I'm looking is a different aspect of God that I'm going to see. And so it shows up in different ways at different times, you know, early in my discovery of this higher power, it was, 
it was more external. It was more, you know, and I'm going to use a phrase that I know you and I both hate, but God outside of me, it was a exterior God, you know, and over time that has come to include an interior God as well. And so that connection that I initially had with a higher power, which was so life-changing and fulfilling and just, you know, such a huge shift for me has also come to mean a connection with myself because in my humble or not so humble opinion of things god is both within and without you know there's the god that is within me that is me and there's also this vast universe that i can't even begin to fathom that is also god and so um it's a both and, you know, I'm both connecting to the transcendent that is everywhere, but also over time, it has come to also include connecting within myself. And so um, if sometimes if people chafe at the idea of God or an exterior God or whatever, you know, I like to use the word higher self, you know, I it's, it's, and it's not the totality of it, but it's a part of it. Like my higher self is the divine in me. Right. Yes. And so when I'm connected to that, it's the same thing as connecting to the transcendent God. It's, it's all the same thing, you know? And, and I think I was so lonely and frightened because I was disconnected from my own higher self. I was just disconnected, you know? And so getting connected. So, so when I made decisions, we're talking about being achievement oriented and driven and such. When I made it, when I made decisions, it was always coming from my human ego self. It was like, well, this is going to bring me accolades. This is what I should do. This is what society says I should do. So I'm going to do it. When that shifted, I began to consult the higher power, which is both within and without. So now I had my spiritual self on board, helping me make those decisions and the decisions that I made began to change and they began to be more inner led, more spirit led decisions. And, and, that, and that's why my life really, really changed, you know? Yeah. And the, you know, the unity movement rooted in Christian mysticism, which by definition is an experiential path. And it's always gone on in parallel with the orthodoxy, which is not so experience oriented. I mean, I'm not going to say that's not a part of it, but, you know, it's oriented towards other things as well. Whereas kind of the inner path that we're talking about is oriented toward personal experience. I also love Joseph Campbell, you know, in his work on a hero's journey, he said, God is a metaphor for a mystery that absolutely transcends all human categories of thought. Even the categories of being and non-being, those are categories of thought. God is the mystery that's the ground of your own being. And I yeah. prefer to leave it that broad and yep. that idea. Not, this is how I've heard it put in the, in the rooms. If I have God in a box, I need a bigger box. Yep. But just by definition, if I think I've got it all figured out, I am... 100% sure to be not correct. Yep. And I had to let go of that whole idea of correctness or the right definition or the one and only. I think that's where we as human beings get into trouble. And it's why I love the unity movement, because we stress um, a path of discovery, Yep. you know, a path of personal experience. Now, the trap in all that, of course, is that if um, you know, if I'm sort of inward facing with my seeking, I can begin begin to mistake my 
thinking mind for the divinity and that is yes. not what's going on we talk about higher self that's not my thinker if right. it has words that's my thinker if it's an idea that's my thinker yes. right that's why joseph campbell says god's a metaphor for the mystery that transcends categories of thought and so i i know personally i just have to be pretty careful about um constructing a box to put right because as soon as i do that what happens well that makes other people wrong Yep, right? exactly. Who have maybe a different point of view. And and I, for the sake, if only for the sake of my own sobriety, though I think there are bigger reasons to do it, if only for the sake of my own sobriety, I need to stay out. As a un, as unity ministers, that's a um, difficult line that we walk because we have to get up there every Sunday and say something intelligent about spirituality. So yes. we are of necessity coming from our own experience. And so to be able to, you know, I do my best and may we always do our best to share from our own experience, but to always allow others to have their own experience of the divine. You know, as soon as we start saying, well, this is my experience of the divine. So therefore, you know, this is what you should experience. That's where we get into a problem, you know? Yeah. And so I love that about unity. And I'm glad just even today for that reminder, because I don't always hear that, you know, that the truth is within you. Yeah, um, my my spiritual director, who's also my meditation teacher, just reiterated that to me not a couple of weeks ago. The teacher yeah. is within. That yes. doesn't mean that I don't need a group. It doesn't mean right. I don't need a tradition. It just means that the bottom, bottom line is that the direction moving forward, my growth direction is discovered from within me. That's not my thinking mind. Right. So that's the That's the key part of it. Well, let's shift gears into our recovery in a nutshell when we try, if we can, and maybe we're on a fool's errand, not a hero's journey, <laughs> to summar summarize the pieces of this. Maybe we should change this around so we're not trying to do that. But I think it's helpful because I get to put you on the spot every time, Reverend <laughs> Michelle, if, in a nutshell, if someone came to you and they're having trouble with this whole higher power thing, but they're yep. willing to be open, what would you share with them that might be helpful that has worked for you? So, I mean, I think what we are just talking about that, you know, to look, to look within and that, um, you know, that, that, that the truth is within them, that they have the ability to find and connect with a higher power of their own understanding, which is going to be at the level of their spiritual consciousness at that time, right? And that it will grow and shift and change over time. In fact, the weird thing about God is the more you know God, the less you know what God is. Yeah, I hope so. You need to know that you don't know before you can know how very much you don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So, um, to just be open, you know, I in particular find God in nature, um, maybe because nature is egoless, right? Animals aren't going around with their egos in charge. And so, and trees, you know, don't have an ego. So um, that's very helpful to me in terms of getting outside of my own ego is to be with a bunch of beings like redwood trees that don't have an ego. That really helps me a lot. And it helps me to experience something that goes beyond, like you said, my thinking mind. But everyone has to find what that experience is for themselves. And so to just be open to it and, and know that I truly believe that <clears throat> when we open the door, even the slightest bit to spirit, spirit comes rushing in because 
it's just the way things are. Spirit wants to be known. It wants to be expressed. We don't have to go looking for God. We merely have to open the door and that spirit will come rushing in to find us. Yeah, I love that. And that was my first thought is to stay open. But I do yes. want to say I never met a tree with an attitude. Right. Have you ever met a tree with an attitude? No. no I haven't. Stay open. Uh, what was one thing that was helpful to me is pay attention to what others are saying. Not mm -hmm. that you're going to, you know, automatically adapt everything, but you mm -hmm. might hear something that all of a sudden you have this kind of light bulb experience in your head, like, oh, now I see. Okay, that makes sense. Let me yep. let me pursue that way of looking at it. Another thing that, and I'm telling myself this as I'm sharing with everyone: don't worry and don't hurry. Mm -hmm. I, I tend to kind of do both. I have high urgency, yeah. I've learned in my way of being. So I have to take make a conscious effort to chill out. Like I don't have to make every <laughs> single yellow light. You know, I can chill. It's okay. Everything's still going to be fine. Uh, be willing to believe. You know, that's a, just another way of staying open and be open to new ideas and new ways of seeing. Yes, absolutely. Good advice. Well, we have an affirmation today that goes like this. I open my heart and mind to belief in a higher power that works for me. Yeah, that last part. I open yep. my heart and my mind to belief in a higher power that works for me. And as we said, knowing it evolves over time. Yes. As well. It's happened again. You've given yourself the gift of another episode of Spirit of Recovery, and we're grateful. We hope that you found something in all of our blabbing today that you find genuinely helpful. And we bless you wherever you are on your recovery journey. And as always, we invite your questions, comments, wisdom, and feedback anytime. You can find us on our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery, or you can email us at spiritofrecoveryunity at gmail.com. And please, again, help us carry the message by following and subscribing to Spirit of Recovery on your favorite podcast platform. We're so glad that you joined us today and hope you'll join us again. And until then, don't drink like my co-host. And please, don't drink like my co-host. Instead, have yourself a wonder-filled week. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.